Welcome to the Arctic Conversation. I'm Cam Roberts. Today, I had the honor and the privilege of speaking with Casey Easton. This was such a fun conversation. I am just so excited for you guys to hear this. He is beyond brilliant. He's super witty, super funny, and just super down to earth. And like, I'm just so excited that he wanted to do this. And I was able to pick his brain on just a variety of topics. And just, oh, I'm just so excited for you guys to hear this. Casey is a coding teacher. Yeah, you heard it. Dude's a wizard on the keys and he teaches coding. He knows computers inside and out. And he's in the process of beginning master's courses at MIT. I mean, seriously, this dude is a genius, like beyond thrilled and honored that I was able to just pick his brain. We we talked about economics. We talked about different books, including Dune, 1984, Ayn Rand. We talked about education. I mean, we talked about AI and consciousness. I mean, like we literally talked about everything. Just so excited for you guys to hear this conversation. And yeah, we ended up talking for over three hours. So like it was the coolest thing ever. So what you guys are about to hear is part one of the conversation. Part two will be re- will be released next week. So this is just part one of the conversation. And uh, just so stoked for you guys to hear this. And like seriously, like from the bottom, from the bottom of my heart, Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and for wanting to be a part of this journey. You have no idea how much this means to me. Like, seriously, I'm just, I'm so stoked for this podcast. So many ideas, so many new people coming and just, it, it means the entire world for you to be here and for you to listen to this. Like, I'm serious. You, you have no idea how much this means to me. And like, seriously, as always, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, topic ideas, guests, like whatever, anything on your mind, please feel free to share them with me. Like, I would absolutely love to hear it. Me and my guests, we just, we just love it. We love the feedback. We love anything. We just want to hear from you guys. And just, we seriously, thank you again for everything. Like, oh my goodness, this is the greatest thing ever. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking so you guys can hear Casey. Again, super brilliant mind. Very excited for you guys to hear this conversation. And um, thank you so much for listening. Talk soon. Jordan Peterson would sound like pressing record on a keyboard. Okay. You know, it's like common knowledge, really, when you click record on a keyboard, that when Judas and Josiah, when they came together in the birth of God, you know, you press record and it starts recording things around you. It's really, it's really quite wonderful. It's really quite magnificent. <laughs> you forgot to talk about Pinocchio. Oh. <laughs> Pinocchio. I'm going to ask you the, uh, the best podcast question ever. Pretty much right here. This All right, is, before you do that, you yeah. know how you asked me if I want a coffee? Yeah. Is there is there some coffee left? Yeah. Okay. Want me to grab some? Can I have like a half? Yeah. A half? I'll, I'll come with you. How yeah. about that? Yeah. That? that was the yeah. Oh, okay. Did you? Turn it on and turn it off. Yeah, no. It, well, it's like it does a four count in, and then it turns off on its oh, own. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I don't hear it anymore. <laughs> I was worried. Um, but yeah, dude, I oh, I love that shit. It is very interesting. The human body is. Yeah, I I've. It's funny because like, <laughs> it's cool that you're a biology nerd. I don't like biology. I never liked biology. I thought it was fun. Well, so I, I I I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't like I you know like in school. Right. Like in science class, like middle school biology. 
was oh. my least favorite. I hate <laughs> so it. Miserable. And so like I don't know why I hate that, but then like you know when it when it uh, involves like exercise or like right. our uh, I guess like fitness or like health. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh yeah, like this is super interesting. I don't know, I don't know why that happens. But. I think maybe maybe some of it could be because like we were forced to learn about you know what we were learning about in middle school and like dissections and like learning about like we were just kids learning about that. But now that we're older and we can choose our interests and like kind of figure out like oh I am interested in that. So maybe that has an aspect of like that's why I like it more is because I on my own wanted to learn why like what happens when you drink caffeine or like what happens mm. when you go to the gym and you get a really good pump like that's yeah. fascinating to me yeah. rather than a teacher like okay let's sit down and we're gonna learn about mitosis today and you're like jesus christ right. here we go again just like uh when when school requires you like read a book and it's just like a slog it and is then a slog. and then you know later on like i i just uh i just read 1984 and i Did can't you? i can't remember for some reason I, I owned it. And so, and so I'm assuming that like either I got it as a gift or at some point in school I had to read it. But I know, right. I know that book is involved in, in a lot of uh, like school curriculums, you know, right. like either in high school or college or whatever it is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think I had to read it um, at, at some point or maybe for, for school Whenever I had to read a book for school, I never read it. I no. just, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody did. This is miserable. Every time I got assigned it, I'm like, this time, I'm going to read it. <laughs> I'm dedicated this time. But, but, Summer reading, here we go. Yeah. Um, but, anyways, but I, 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 you know, read it recently and it, I was, I, I loved it. it. Well, you know, I don't think you really, I don't think you really love it because it's like, it's uh, it's just fucked up. You That's know? <laughs> right. That's one of those books I've always heard about. I've never read it. I've always seen it. I've just never read it. It's on my to-do list to read that book. I've just never Honestly, read it. Honestly, I think that uh, most of the message in it is comes from the the world that um, George uh, Orwell kind of creates. Right. And, uh, and I think th like the... the the major message from it is just kind of uh, the like the similarities between our like our you know uh, um, society and, hmm. and then the one in, in you know the dystopian society. Right. right. I feel like if that book it was you know super irrelevant or if it was uh, if there was no similarities, then I, I don't think it would be as widely uh, like. You know, talked about or, or, or taught right. in schools, you know, but um, so, anyways, I it, if you are interested in reading it, I you know to really get the you know the most like I think the reason why people say to read it, you could probably get in the first you know like third of the book. Hmm. Okay, like kind of him setting up the world right. is you being like, oh shit, like I see this similarity in 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 our society or, right. or i i see us like approaching that um and that kind of gives you enough of like the i guess like the like nutrition like the, hmm. you know uh like mental knowledge or nutrition that the book is kind of offering you the rest of it just kind of goes uh more into this uh like once the world is kind of constructed then it kind of goes into this story which is a which is a great story but doesn't really offer you more like uh like food for thought right know? so so yeah if you're interested in it read like the first third of the book and then you're and then you're good 
That's good to know. Yeah, because like it's on my to-do list. I want to I want to read it. And another book like that that popped up in my uh, in my radar recently is Ayn Rand's Anthem because I read that in seventh grade. Oh damn. Yeah, I know. I yeah, I remember. Well, I read that yeah, in yeah, seventh yeah. grade. Like it was one of those like we were like in my it was for my extended core class whatever extended core meant i yeah. still to this day do not know the purpose of extended core we did nothing i mean we read a couple books and then like we did the ncaa march madness championship bracket and like that was it that's all i remember from that class and then every, like everything else was just barbecue sauce in that class and, then, <laughs> <laughs> and um but no, like uh, that book came into my radar, and then like after I uh, like a month after I saw Anthem, my uncle was like, "Have you ever read Fountainhead?" Which is another book by Ayn Rand. Right, right. And I was like, "What is going on?" So I, that's another artist or artist. That's another author. I want to like read again and reread Anthem because like she, it sounds like she kind of does the same thing that, um, uh, or what's it, or not Orson Welles? He's I don't know why uh, George Orwell. That's the writer. I actually I get those two. Uh, I get them up so mixed up too, and so um. That's so funny. I, I'm almost I'm I'm 99 positive that that um, like 1984 and Animal Farm are George Orwell. Okay, because like I think she does. It sounds uh, like Jamie. She, can you can you pull that up? Oh yeah, Jamie. <laughs> uh, Jamie, can you pull that up real quick? Yeah, 1984 is George Orwell, and then okay. Orson Welles is the director of like. Um, yeah, he's uh, I thought like radio uh, it's, or it's, something. He, uh, yeah, he he was big on the radio, and then he was the director, or maybe was it was, Psycho. No, Maybe. look at us. <laughs> I love so this. knowledgeable. I know we're so good at this. Um, there's some super famous movie that everyone talks about. Uh, let's see, Citizen Kane. Oh, yep. He he uh, directed and starred. Okay. In that, or I don't know if he. Yeah, he did star in it. Um, he was Kane, or was he the citizen? <laughs> he, uh, I think he was. First, he's a citizen. Okay. And then he becomes Kane. That's what oh, the whole movie's about. Nice. Um, and then Rosebud, for some reason, is in there as well. Oh, good for Rosebud. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyways, and so, yeah, so trying to remember where we, how we got. So, no. 1980. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no. So, like, Ayn Rand, she does the same thing as him, where, like, she creates this whole world and, uh -huh. like, she creates her own philosophy and then drops it into a story. And, like, I've never read a book like that before unless. Maybe, no, Dune didn't really do that. Dune just kind of threw you in. Like, Dune just said, here's the world, here's the characters. There's really no, like, preamble. It's just you're in the world, right? Or am I wrong? Yeah. So I, it just starts with Paul and, like, the um, the Benny Jesuit. <laughs> Benny Jesuit? Whatever it is. But it starts with that, and then now you're all like, now all of a sudden the book's like, yeah, now they're in this big space war, and there's no right, preamble. Right. But like Ayn Rand is like, no, let me teach you my philosophy first, and then here's a story. I would say Dune is um, probably in like its world building, probably most similar to like Lord of the Rings, where it's kind of. Okay. Um, I think the the beginning is a lot of world building, but it's uh, inner inner weaved. Mm, okay. Interwoved. Interwoved. Interwoven. <laughs> interweaved. We um, that. It, it's it's interwoven. That that mm -hmm. I think that I think that sounds normal. Most correct. <laughs> um, it's interwoven with yeah. uh, the the story or like the plot. And okay. I think I think Dune does that as well. But I know I know like the first you know uh, good chunk of Dune is so slow because it is just that that world building. Even mm -hmm. though the plot is is progressing as well. Interesting. You know? Um, 
but I, I just, I've heard that a lot from people who, uh, I, I've talked to, you know, Dune, uh, uh, about, and they, and they say like, oh yeah, I wasn't able to get through the first, you know, uh, chunk of it because it's, it, it's just so, yeah. That it's, book, it's like, so, it's like you're, yeah. I remember yeah. when I first started reading that, I think I had to reread the first chapter the first half of the book like two or three times and i even spark noted it because i was like i really have no idea what's going on but then once i i once i found the groove all i was in i like once i read it i was like okay i get it i'm good this is great like this is exciting that was me too is uh i was uh but for me (laughs) so you you probably did a lot you know a a bit better than me because i was just like reading these words and i was like you know what I'm just going to get through it. Yeah. And so I'm going to accept <laughs> right. that I don't understand what's going on right now. And then for some reason, there was just a moment where it, it clicked. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, like I, I understand what's going on. And then like when I've reread it, now I can, I, I read the beginning and it's like, oh yeah, this makes, you know, perfect. It's, I, I think it's because it's such a vast world. Right. Um, in, in a lot of ways, even, you know, even more so than, um, then I, I don't know how big of a like Lord of the Rings fan you I get, are. One of those things I've never, never watched. Just, into. I, not that I haven't like. It's not that I don't like it. I've just never watched it. And yeah. I feel like I should, but just never have yet. Yeah, it, I think uh, I, I always equate it, and I, I think a lot of people do to like it's it's you know what what Dune is to sci-fi is kind of what um, Lord of the Rings is to fantasy. Right. But, but in a lot of ways, I think Lord of the Rings is even bigger to to fantasy because um, it it's the the storytelling is mm-hmm. you know i mean just like we were talking about uh with with, <laughs> with uh dune right it's like there's there's the first book which is which is like such an incredible story incredible but then you know each book after that kind of like it, it moves on whereas mm-hmm. you know lord of the rings really is like even though it's three books it's it's one story oh i think i see what you mean now yeah with the whole yeah no, I yeah, you're right. Cause like Dune is here's Dune, here's what happens next, and then here's a whole bunch of new storylines. And then now I see what you're saying with Lord of the Rings. It's like it's just a continuation. Like every book is just a continuation of like kind of where it left off, or yeah. is it just like different days? I see. And yeah, like Lord of the Rings has a very clear cut beginning, middle, end. I can um, okay. Um like like you know, literally the, I well and and I think that's why it was the defining trilogy because mm. the first book is like the beginning, you know, the second book is the middle and the third book right. is the end, right? That's that um, makes sense. Whereas Dune, I remember reading like the last page of Dune and I was just like, That's it? You yeah. Know? Like I, th- I think Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I had that feeling too. I think Frank Herbert kinda uh I don't I wanna say like he struggled, you know, with the ending, but I think um he he just kind of like had this whole world in his mind right? and had this like huge story and he like wrote Dune and then he's like, uh, you know, cause, cause also he wrote Dune in, in like several parts. So the, mm. the way that we read it today, like in, it just has one book, um, which I, I, I'm, I might be getting this confused with, um, Ender's game, but I'm, I'm almost certain that, that it's, it's Dune that Frank Herbert was releasing Dune, um, in this like sci-fi magazine as, mm. uh, not not quite like short stories, but right. um, as uh, as like novels, and so um, like when you read Dune, and it's like part one, part two, part three, like in the book, right? Yeah. Um, those those were each like broken up, and so okay, I think that's pretty sweet. And so I think you know, in his mind, he just like had this whole big story, 
and was and so he you know released like the first part he's like oh yeah that's kind of like a good but it was always like a, a continuation hmm. like to me Dune like the ending of Dune is not really like that that much of an ending right and I think it's because right in, in his mind um and and just like we were talking about with the um with the movies that uh, are now being made is so um the like the third Dune is going to be Dune Messiah and it's because oh. Dune Dune Messiah was was truly like. In, in Frank Herbert's mind, um, Dune is it would be like Dune and Doom Messiah combined, really. So, it, yeah, I know you're right. It 100% is. Like, Doom Messiah is the true ending of Dune, right? Right. Um, and so, I, so I, I think it's so awesome that the movies are going to um, frame it like that because I think it will, it will be a much more of... Cause it's like when I finished Doom Messiah, it felt like an ending, right? I was yeah, like, it yeah. did. Cause like that was that was an ending. Like there goes, oh, spoiler alert! But it's like there goes the main character. There goes all the right there. It's <laughs> yeah. gone. And then you're yeah. like, what now? Yeah. Like that's it. It's insane. Like, ah, oh, I yeah, keep doubt so hard on Doom Messiah. I loved. I want to reread that one again. Me like, too. oh my god. Yeah. And I'm curious. I'm so excited to see that on a screen, mm-hmm. like to see how if it played out, it, how it played out in my head. Yeah. To see how close or wrong I was to like to pick. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm dude. I And so I, I'm so excited for the second one. But like what you're saying, I'm 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 so uh, I think the the visual representation of, of Doom Messiah will right. be. Um, I don't even, I, I potentially might be even more excited for that. Cause, and I, I just keep right. thinking about like the final scene and like, oh, I, in know. The theater. I don't know how he's going to end it, but like either. if, 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 if I'm, if I'm the director, right. And I'm ending it, you know, like the, the final scene is just like Paul, like walking into the desert. Cause that, that, that's the last, like, right. you know, that's uh, it. paragraph of the book or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm just like imagining Paul just like walking into the desert and then just and then just like ends. That's it. I'm just imagining the whole theater being like, what the fuck? Yeah, (laughs) I know. Like, what the what did I just waste? What is this? But like, that's Dune. Like, that was it. It's so good. It's going to be so good. Um, But anyways, yeah, that whole conversation was like uh, and, uh, you know, one little quick tidbit is I I really want to read all of uh, Ayn Rand's books as well. Yeah. Um, cause I, I feel like they're very, uh, so like one of the, uh, which, you know, we'll get more into this later, but one of the, uh, classes that one of the graduate classes that I'm taking right now, right. um, like in, in preparation for the, the master is, uh, microeconomics mm. and, um, God, I, that's, yeah. that's all, you know, it, it, it's all about like people's, uh, behavior. I right. Guess, right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Ayn Rand, it, uh, her whole world is based on these like uh, uh, assumptions of, about human nature. Yes, that, that are really interesting, um, and so not not necessarily, you know, I, I haven't I haven't read it yet, and so I don't know if like I would, I, I don't think I want to read it because it's like oh I think I agree and I think that's like how the world is, which right. I think when she was writing it she was kind of her 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 point was like this is how the world is. Yeah, um, exactly. But I think like whether whether I end up agreeing with it or not, I think I think it's like important to uh, like weigh that perspective on, um, you know, like when you're thinking about those things in the future. Right. But um, anyways, so, yeah, to connect it all the way back. Um, yeah. In school, when you have to read books, 
<laughs> it's miserable. <laughs> it's it's uh it's the worst. It um, is the worst. And so so yeah, something about uh so not only that, but then I also think um the the relevancy of learning about like uh like our our bodies, you know, right. and like exercise and fitness and stuff like that. It's like very very relevant, right? Because it's like this is the, you know. This is like the the body that I got. Yeah, right? this you this is what it. you have is what you got, and it wants to work for you. But whether or not you want to work for it is something. It's it's a whole. It's a two way street. Yeah, and so I think I think for me, like the the big kind of dive into um, into really wanting to learn a lot more about um, like exercise and fitness and all that stuff w- was a was a desire to. Um, I'm trying to look for the right word. I guess I guess optimize, right? Like I'm a mm-hmm. big I'm a big uh, optimization person, right? Um, and I don't even know if it's it's that I like when things are optimized. I think it just really gets under my skin or bugs me when things are um, like have have problems or are inefficient mm. or you're, you're like you're not doing something the the best that you could be doing it. Yeah. So for example, like you know with um, with with fitness and everything, it's like okay, you know, me learning about this could potentially add you know years and years to my life, right. right? And it's like me not being knowledgeable about this. It's like there's a huge cost to that because this like this is, you know, like this is like my body that I have to live my life with, right? Right. Um, and and so, and I think that also connects to uh, which you know will kind of like as we get into this topic, but what we were talking about earlier when I was telling you about like, um, why or like what the, what I'm wanting to move on from this degree from, um, is I think, you know, what has really driven me to caring a lot about, um, about education is just the, the, the problems that are involved with it are just Mm -hmm. so like glaring to me. Right. And it, so it like th- those get under my skin and it's like, fuck, I just want to like fix it, you know? Right. Um, and so I think, I think that's kind of like where that, uh, uh, comes from. I, I know I'm kind of like jumping all over the place. No, it's fine. Anyways. Um, so, so yeah, well, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. No, I do find that interesting that you said that like um, education is like fixing a problem or like fixing the means to an end. Because I think in the, like in the big scheme of things, education really is about finding the answer to a problem. Like that's it. It doesn't matter what the topic is. Like I think education has its purpose to just solve a problem. And whether like whether the problem is big or small, like that's why we have education. And I think that's why we um, go through like the schooling system is to like teach us to like critically think and to just teach us how to think. And like sometimes like, you know, math problems are annoying, reading a books, reading books are annoying, but like the way I see it is like education and like school just teaches you how to like problem solve, how to structure yourself, how to get into habits, how to like want to seek other knowledge, like say you're on a math problem and you have no idea how to solve it and you bought that $75 textbook that's in your closet. Well, right now is the time to open up that textbook and actually utilize it. That was you figuring out like, oh, if I want to find the answer to this problem, I have to actually go do something to it. And I think like as I got older, especially now, I'm just like slowly realizing that like school just kind of preps you to think like problem like or think um, problem solve and to like put structure together. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but that's just kind of what I figured. And like 
I like even deeper, like we were at school for like seven or eight hours a day and we had a 30 minute lunch break. Well, when you get out of school and you go to work, you're at work for seven or eight hours a day and you get a 30 minute lunch break. And so like, I just had that weird connection, like not too long ago either that I was like, that's really interesting that like high school, middle school, like already prepped us for what's to come. And we, whether we realize it or not, that's what happened. We worked for like seven and a half hours and we had 30 minutes off. I don't know. That's right. just what I came to conclusion on. But yeah, education is like the purpose to solve problems, big or small. And I thought that was fascinating. No, I think that's, um, I think that's spot on. And, uh, or at, at least the way that I, you know, think about education is like, right. I really think that it's the, it's the first domino to, I, I don't want to be over dramatic and say like all of our problems, but right. I mean, to me, <laughs> you know, it, it is at least a majority of our, of our problems, um, really start with this one, this one domino, right? Mm, it's, mm -hmm. if we can really, if we can really get this, this piece, uh, of our lives that, that we all go through, you know, right. Um, but at least, at least in the, in the United States, right. Just want to kind of clarify that, that a lot of the assumptions that are being made are kind of in, in, right. in, you know, that, uh, uh, ecosystem, but, um, or, or our society, but, uh, but yeah, a lot of, you know, we, we, we all have to go through this, this system and that, you know, the, the, the purpose I would argue, you know, depending on who you talk to, they, right. they would have a different opinion on what, you know, what the purpose of education exactly. is. Right. Um, you know, if you're talking to people who are, um, in, in business, Right. And, and this is me assuming. So I guess, it, you know, if I were to actually talk to these people, they might you know, give me different answers. But I would assume that someone in business would say that it's to prepare you like for the workplace. Right. Right. And then in, in someone in, in government who's looking at it from a, a way zoomed out perspective might think, OK, yeah, education is uh, is to, you know, create uh, um, create our. Uh, our society's um, like productivity, or right? Mm -hmm. It's like okay, we, we want you know an educated um, citizenship, right? We want, right. Um, and then we want them to be able to be productive, and then um, you know contribute to the like the larger whole of right. society. Um, and then if you ask an, an educator, I think that their their answer would probably be a lot closer to what you said, which is like, hey, school is for to teach you how to think and how to mm -hmm. critically think. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, so, every, you know, depending on who you ask, everyone has a, a kind of slightly different answer to uh, what education is, is for. And uh, I think, you know, uh, aligning, aligning that goal is, is probably one of the major, um, major things to really, focus on right or, or, or get right uh because i i think all those goals potentially are, are sound positive right depending on um yeah. you know who you're who you're kind of talking to um or, or it has like some some end goal that's gonna have some positive um like result right, right. but um but if you know if everyone kind of has like a slightly different goal Mm -hmm. with, with this uh with this if you, even if you think about it as like a project right or like a uh experiment or whatever right if everyone has like a different 
outcome that they're trying to right. achieve, even, even if it's just like a little different, um, that makes it really difficult to, uh, to really nail the goal that you're shooting for. Right. So to kind of bring it to like, to exercise, right. To bring it down to more like simple terms, um, uh, or like a simple analogy right. is, uh, you know, people talk about like, oh yeah, I want to like lose fat and build muscle and, right. um, and they have, you know, like four or five goals all at the same time. <laughs> and, you know, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, but at least from what I've seen, you know, we know from, uh, exercise science that you, you really have to prioritize one goal at a time. Mm-hmm. You, you can kind of do, you know, one or two at, at the same time if they're synergistic, but right. for the most part, you know, um, just going to kind of, uh, I guess this is not quite bro science, you know, right. I, think, I, think it, <laughs> I think it is actual real science, right. but it, it, it sounds like bro science, you know, you can't like cut in bulk at the same time. Right. Right. Um, which, you know, the, the science part of that is like, you can't be in a calorie surplus and a deficit at, uh, simultaneously. Right. right. That doesn't make sense. And, um, even, but, but you, you know, you need to achieve both those, uh, things in order to kind of get to what would be considered like an optimal state. Mm-hmm. Right. So anyways, that was kind of a, a huge word salad, but, um, <laughs> I think the, the, the point of that is just, you know, really being, uh, uh, specific and efficient with like what our goal is in right. for education, uh, and making sure that we're, we're achieving that. Cause a lot of our, uh, a lot of our systems in society have kind of, um, you know, been built from not not quite like accidents yeah but um it's not like someone sat down and you know really thought out okay how exactly are we going to do education for the next like 100 years or whatever right it just it kind of just evolved yeah exactly um and uh and so, you know, when things when things just naturally evolve, especially like systems, right? Um, they're, they're not always uh, optimized, right? Uh, right. And so, I think we're kind of getting to this point right now where people are realizing that the system that we have is really just this result of years and years of of an evolution of our system, and right. they're realizing like, oh, th- this actually has like a ton of a uh, ton of problems, a ton of issues yeah, like, in how this is right. structured, right? Um, and and really smart people and people that care a lot about um, about it uh, do everything that they can to like to fix those issues, right? Like, right. That's what we're kind of always uh, uh, trying to do. And because um, I, I, I really think that, that I would say a majority of people who are in education I mean, I don't think it's like a totally selfless job. Like you get paid nothing. I mean, if you're like a public school teacher, you know, you you almost get paid nothing. But yeah, um, you know, I, I would say for the most part, I think you know, like college professors and um, you know, public school teachers and and a lot of people who are in education are are really doing all they can to um, like to do their best and to right. and to address those issues as best as they can. But it's difficult when you're kind of locked into um into the structure of the system right Right. so it's like public school teachers only have so much freedom um that they can work with to really um achieve you know like their their goal right so um 
anyways, I feel like I'm kind of rambling at, 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 uh, no. at this point. But I think it's fascinating because like, I really like the idea, too, that like everybody has their own definition of education. And to me, like you can argue to a certain extent that like that's the result of education. Like I said, like when people um, like, you know, the business guys like, well, the purpose of education was to get you to ready for the workforce. And the teacher is, well, no, it's for you to critically think. Well, that's because like during their, you know, their travels through education, they discovered what it was. They solved their problem. Like that's what makes everybody individual and unique is we kind of solved our problem and now we're working towards another one, which can hopefully help us become like financially stable and happy and everything. And we did that through education. Like, yeah, I figured out that the purpose of school was to help me get structured. And now I'm like super structured in life and I'm figuring things out. And the business guy's like, yeah, I, you know, took school and learned everything I could about economics and now I'm doing really well and economics. And so it's like, yeah, that was like, you kind of, you subconsciously solved. And what I think is education, which is solving your problem. And I think that's awesome. And it is funny that like public school teachers and like teachers in general don't get enough limelight for like what they do. And then like, you know, I always, it always boggled my mind that we pay athletes and endorse athletes with millions of dollars. But then like the teachers and coaches that got them to that point, they're the ones that are still left in the dust. It's like, why not endorse the teachers? Why not endorse the actual educators of the world too? Like, I just, I always thought that was like, that always just blows my mind that you teachers just don't get paid enough. And then like, we get all these athletes and like, of course, endorsement deals and, you know, sports and like, entertainment's a big deal, but like, so is teaching and so is coaching. And so is the fundamentals. Like, I don't understand the gap. Like a, a baseball player is getting paid $2 million to play first base for a year. And then a teacher gets paid $50,000 to teach you know, a year to all these kids, all these different curriculums. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I, that always just boggled my mind. It's probably just, I probably just pissed off a lot of people. They're like, well, what about the sports? But you know, <laughs> I always just like, it just drives me nuts. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's, that's, uh, that's something that's actually brought up a lot is, mm-hmm. is I, I think people say that, you know, uh, or I, I hear that all over the place is like, Oh, like our, you know, teachers don't get paid enough. Like they, they don't, don't, they, and, and they definitely don't. Right. Um, but I, I think people, it's like the solution to that is like, Oh, like, let's just pay our teachers more. Right. right. (laughs) So, I um, know. so, you know, something that I've learned, uh, from like learning about economics and stuff is right. Is like money, uh, when, when money goes somewhere, it's, it's, it's not, uh, random. Right. Right. So it's like, you know, we, we as humans, everyone uh has has a price for a product right and so so just like what you were saying with the entertainment right is uh is you know uh athletes get paid all this money because ultimately um you know they they are necessary in order to make a lot of money from right. the industry from everything that uh that the sports industry all the ways that they make money and the right. reason that people buy you know, buy teams and, and do things like that. And, um, and all of that is, is then kind of like, you know, followed back to how much, uh, enjoyment we get from it. Right. So, so yeah. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to be uh, controversial. This is just kind of, uh, like just from like a purely logical standpoint. No, and no, that's perfect. But and I, yeah, I was just gonna, I was just gonna compare it. Like, you know, the WNBA doesn't oh. get paid, uh, uh, a lot right? right no um and that's because 
it, it uh, not a lot of people watch it. And, and right. it'd be the same for, you know, uh, baseball or hockey. Like, let's say no one watched it. Right. There wouldn't be any money in it. Exactly. Um, and so, and so, uh, I, <laughs> I'm not trying to like piss off people about the WNBA. No. I think, I think, you know, uh, uh, the athletes in the WNBA definitely just like teachers should be paid more. Right. It's like right. They're, they're, uh, they have, you know, a crazy amount of talent. Um, and so, uh, and, but, but at the end of the day, right. It's like, uh, going back to, you know, everyone's like purchasing a product. Right. And, right. Um, and not just with money, but with your time too. Right? Yeah. And so like, like, you know, Netflix competes with the NBA to get your hour of time or whatever it is. Right. Right. Exactly. And so, um, and so, but, but, uh, and and Netflix is a is a huge company. So obviously, as, right. as humans, we put uh, like we we really highly value our our entertainment, right? We do. Um, and so w- what's interesting is kind of bringing that back to teachers is like, why aren't they paid more? I know because it's like we we value. It's funny, like we always watch these movies of like the teachers or the poets or whoever that like the underdog of the story. Like I want to say like I've never seen this movie, but I've always seen the poster. It's like Dead Poet Society where Robin Williams is like a teacher or something. Right. And to me, that's ironic because it's like, well, we highlight these teachers that are like super fantastic or even like Indiana Jones. Like he's an archaeologist college teacher. Like we always put like these teachers in these high roles like, oh, they're so noble, but yet they're barely, they're, they can barely afford rent. They have to buy their own supplies. They work for these schools and like public schools that don't pay them enough. I always just find that funny. And then like, yeah, of course, like you just mentioned, like the entertainment business in general, it's like so lucrative and like we'll publicize all these teachers, but in real life, it's like, they're not that publicized and it's kind of sad. It just, it's always boggled me. Like it's just always drove me nuts. Cause it's like, they deserve more attention than they have. And I think that's a thought you have once you get older. Mm. It's like when you're in school, teachers are the worst ever because they give you way too much homework. They're always on your ass, but it's like they're there for a reason and they're doing that for a reason. And it's not until you get older that you realize like, oh my God, like if my teacher wasn't on me like that, she wouldn't have cared and I would have failed. Like it's a good thing that she was there. Like, hey, you didn't turn in your assignments last week. Where's it at? And again, it goes back to that whole like, well, that taught me to be more structured in my life. And that taught me that there is deadline or, you know, deadlines in life. And she was there pushing me to do that, not only to pass the class, but then like set me up for when college is around where college teachers don't really interact with you other than like, here's the due date, turn it in. Here's a grade. That's at least that's my experience. Cause like college teachers are a little less forgiving than high school teachers. When you're in a lecture in college, it's boom, 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 boom. You got to go and take notes. And then, like, when you're in high school, they're like, okay, you know, we're going to keep moving on, but make sure, because once we get to college. So, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, it's super fascinating. Um, and, like, it's just, it's always boggled my mind that teachers don't get paid enough. Yeah. That, it's that, just like, God dang it. I don't know. It's interesting that you kind of bring up the the college professor uh, kind of, like, contrast, right, where mm-hmm. they, uh, uh, um, which I, I think if you ask them, you know, do, do you, like, do you care about your students or do you want them right. to learn the material? Do you want them to be successful? Uh, they'd probably say yes. Oh, they would. Right. But, but, um, so, so, and, and this kind of goes back to the whole, um, the whole money thing is that, um, you know, whenever, uh, and so I, 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 um, so I'm going to, I'm going to talk about this. Like I, I know exactly what I'm saying, <laughs> okay. but, um, but I, I, I could be like incorrect, uh, here and there cause I'm just pulling from, from memory, but, 
um, when uh, when George Bush uh, Jr. was uh, uh, president. Mm-hmm. He, he passed the no, no Child Left Behind Act. I don't right. know if you've heard about that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, basically what that did, it, if you just, like, summarized it, is schools were allocated money based on their performance. Right. And so it uh, the, the, the logic behind it is that, okay, it's going to encourage schools that are, um, you know, not, not spending their resources efficiently. They're, they're uh, not, you know, teaching their... Um, their, their students uh, um, as well as they need to and right. just kinda all this different stuff, it's going to put pressure on them to, to have to perform. And, um, and with that came a, uh, uh, a more standardized um, uh, te- uh, curriculum mm-hmm. because the way that they would gauge your school's performance is standardized testing. Right. Yeah. So when you're oh. like in elementary school and middle school, right. And we take those like T-tap. state. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and the reason that they want us to do so well on those tests is because, uh, that's how they get paid. Right. right? Um, which, which is, which is, uh, yeah, regardless of, I, I won't get into like, uh, all these things that we're talking about, man, I could just like really, uh, uh dive into for, right. you know, like an hour, but, um, regardless of what you think about that, that's, uh, that it, it, it did have the effect of, right. uh, um, well, actually, but before I get into that, and so yeah, the the reason why curriculum then became standardized across the country is because mm-hmm. um, we started teaching for the test, right? So if the if the middle school sixth grade math test goes over, um, you know, trigonometry and algebra, that's what we're going to learn that year, right? right? Um, and so you know, the, there was pros and cons. Pros is that it uh, in in a lot of schools that were underperforming, it, it did raise their performance, but right. Um, they, they also noticed that there was a bunch of people who were, um, I guess, like ch- cheating the system. Right. Um, wh- which uh, some might be able, some people might think, oh, that's like super unethical to be doing that. But I, right. I, when you're when your livelihood is kind of held hostage. Right. It's like I, I get it. But so some yeah. of the things that they would do. Right. <laughs> all uh like all the students that performed really, or were just like poor students. Right. They would have them go on a field trip that day. (laughs) (laughs) And they would have just all their smart kids, you know, right. Take the the test or or, or kids that were, you know, uh, knew the material or whatever. Right. I don't want to say, I don't want to say smart like that, but, um, but, uh, cause, and well, yeah, not to go too too deep into that, but, uh, just, we were were talking about like what the goal of education is. Right. right? That also kind of, um, you know, then brings up, okay, like what does smart mean, right? Does right. it mean being able to recite, you know, recite pi? Right. Like 16 digits of pi? Right. Or does 3. it mean, something. Does it mean to be able to like critically think? Right. And, and, and uh, you know, these standardized tests don't really require critical thinking. They require you to know the material. Right. And so a lot of teachers, you know, if, if you ask a teacher, like, how do you feel about standardized testing and, and um, like the No Child Left Behind Act and all that stuff, um, if they're, if they're big into like, I want to, uh, I want to teach students so that they can critically think, right. um, they, they might feel negatively towards that because it's, it's like handcuffs, right? It's like, they want to be, right. they want to be teaching you, um, whatever you're interested in, or they, 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 they want to be teaching in a certain way, but they right. can't because their livelihood is kind of held hostage. Right. right. So, there's, so there's pros and cons. Um, anyways, the reason what that I, I kind of, um, went into all that is is just connecting how uh 
money is still such a huge part uh, of all that. Oh yeah. And, um, something that, uh, my, one of my high school history teachers said to me, which is oh, no. probably my favorite, uh-huh. uh, at least one of, if not like my favorite teacher ever, mm-hmm. just, uh, he's my, uh, AP us history teacher. Oh, and, nice. uh, and just like, just such a, such a good, good person. Right. It's like, you come across those teachers that have such like a profound, you know, impact on your life. Right. And, um, and, it it really is such like a thankless uh job even even if your students are like oh like thank you you're awesome it's like you know <laughs> right you're not getting paid like a million dollars right you're getting paid right. nothing <laughs> yeah exactly. um, but uh and so you know uh, <clears throat> like people who are public school teachers really are uh uh heroes in a lot of ways right. if i a lot of them are. I think there's some people are, are teachers and they're like really awful to kids and all that stuff. Yeah. Like kinda... any, like any workforce, any workforce, there's going to be a dud. Right, right, right. Not everyone's perfect. Um, but anyway, so my, what my, uh, uh, high school teacher, history teacher kind of told me as we're learning about, um, you know, us history, he would say that, uh, money always drives the cart. Right. So like, uh, I, I think yeah. he, was, he was referencing some, um, cartoon or some picture that it was, um, it was like several people like pushing a, a cart, I think. And, you know, there was like uh, like politics, you know, the economy. There's like all these different kind of facets right. of society. And I think uh, economy or, or, or money was like this uh, like big, you know, buff person who was like right. doing, doing all the work, right, pushing the cart. So that's what he meant. You know, money always is always pushing the cart. It's like if we, true. if we look back through our, our history – you know, how many decisions were made based on money rather than based on so many other things. It's like right. al- almost always it's, it's, it's because of money. It's crazy. And you know, a lot of people can think, can kind of look at that and be like, Oh, like that, you know, money is so evil and like, that's so negative, but it's like, you know, that's, um, you know, we live, we live in like a capitalist society, right? right exactly. Like our, our value is directly tied to money. Right. It's right. like, you know, when I go to the workforce, they give me money, you know, for my time. Right. right. It's like, and then I use money to go buy a product. Right? It's like it, our, our whole lives are um, kind of built off this. There's a value. This value. Right. right. Like that's. Yeah. And um, so it's like regardless of what you think about it, 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 it it's a. Uh, it's not like random or it's not right. for no reason. You know, there's a it huge. It is what it, it is. Yeah. Like that is it. Um. But uh, anyways, and so, you know, going back to it, it's like, okay, why do uh, public school teachers not get paid that much? And, you know, what I would say, which this is coming from, like, not having researched this and, and all that stuff. Um, right. So my, I guess my guess, right? Yeah. And uh, would be that because it's, uh, we'll stick to, like, public school. Okay. You know, we'll, take, we'll stick to, like, K through 12 right. public school yeah. very specifically, right? Um, cause like a, a professor at Harvard probably does get paid a lot. Right. Yeah. Probably. Um, I guess. Yeah. It's a fair point. Okay. Uh, but anyways, uh, K through 12 public school teachers, uh, it, you know, that public school is, is, um, covered by our, our government, right? right. Like you and I don't pay, don't pay for, for no. it. Um, and so in, in a lot of ways we kind of take it for granted. Right. So it's like, uh, you know, the way that if people aren't getting paid enough that they kind of the way that they fight back against that is like right. by going on strike or something like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, even, even the NBA, right. will be like, yeah, 
we're not going to play any games until you pay us more. Right, exactly. And then, you know, all Baseball that. does that way too often. All the advertisers and everyone is like, shit, we got we to pay up. Because, right. um, you know, if we don't. Or, I mean, even, uh, like, you know, the, the writer's strike right now. Yeah, exactly. Strike, mm-hmm. Um, which I, I would argue that that's for, like, slightly, you know, different reasons than just pay. I would say it's more, um, like... A job ten- job security yeah job security and like attention sometimes yeah. too um and and not being uh thrown to the wayside because right. of ai and stuff like that <laughs> right we can um, get into that in a second yeah we can yeah Absolutely. we can definitely get into that yeah um and so anyways you know with, with public school teachers like if across the country right right public school teachers were like yeah we're not going to teach anymore until we're paid more yeah um you know ultimately <clears throat> you know uh I, I would say as a rule parents probably want their want the best for their kids and want their kids to be yeah uh educated exactly and so so parents would probably cough up like you know that money right away because it's like okay do i have a uh a, a child that basically won't be able to provide for themselves because right they won't be able to get educated or do i do i want them to um, be be taught yeah and so it it's funny there's like this disconnect between how much we value teachers right. and how much they get paid because they're, they're being subsidized from the government. Right. And so we just get, we just like pay taxes and the government decides, okay, this is how much money we're going to spend on, on education. Right. And, um, the government is also like one big company, right? Is they, they have a budget. Right. And they're exactly. going to spend as little as they possibly can on, um, on each thing to maximize the, uh, their own value. Right. right. So if, if every public school teacher across the country would accept $1 a year, the government would pay that. Right. And then they would rather pay that over two and over 50,000. Right? right. And so, um, you know, basically like the government is trying to pay teachers as, as, uh, as little as possible, um, not, not out of like some, some malicious intent, but that's right. Just, that's, that's like when you run a company, yeah. right? which I think a lot of people don't recognize that, that like our government, just like how a company has to run in our, in, because we live in like a capitalist society. It's like right. just how a business has to look at their budget and maximize its efficiency to stay running. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, government has to do the exact same thing with, with its budget. Right. And, uh, and so you know, if, uh, so, so, you know, basically teachers get paid the, the minimum amount that they're willing to still, still teach. Right. right? So if, if, you know, if all of a sudden the government came out and was like, yep, we're going to pay you all like $1, no one would teach. They like, even if they wanted to, they couldn't, no. they just couldn't live off of that. Nobody. Yeah. Um, and, and so there's kind of this like, fight between you know government wanting to pay as little as possible right like right before um we just start completely losing teachers because people are like yeah you know i i uh have a lifelong passion for teaching and that's all i want to do but you know 25k or 30k or whatever is just like i is not enough no um but i think because so we're you know, basically the government is uh, in a way taking advantage of teachers, um, uh, what's the right word? I guess like benevolence, right? Cause it's okay. like, if we think about the right people who are usually going into teaching, um, 
you know, people are, especially that it's not paid all that much. People are usually going into it because they have such like a deep love. Right. There's for, a love for that. There's for a passion teaching. for teaching. Exactly. And so they're, they're willing to, um, they're, they're, that, that fills in a huge gap mm-hmm. of what they'd be looking for right. in, in, in pay. Right. Um, so it's like their, their care, um, you know, when they're, when they're making their own decisions of like, do I want to be a teacher or not? Their love and care for, for that and their, and their, um, passion for, for education kind of like fills the gap of what ideally they would like to be paid. Right. And that's why they take the job. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, in, in a, in a lot of ways, it's kind of funny, you know, like nurses and doctors um, right. could probably be taken advantage of in a very similar way. If, if we, if, uh, if our society like had evolved differently where it's like doctors were basically paid, you know, very, very little. Right. right? Like a lot of people would still go into medicine, um, out of, out of, uh, um, their, their care for, for people. Right. Wanting to like save lives. Yeah, and stuff, exactly. Their right? passion for wanting to help. Um, mm-hmm. and, but you know, luckily it's like our, our, uh, and, and so you could argue, right. So this is, this is actually kind of interesting. I would, um, I haven't done any of this research, but I'd be curious in, in countries where, um, healthcare is completely covered by the government. Um, if doctors still get paid like exorbitant amounts, right. Um, That'd be interesting. it's kind of the same, yeah. the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but at least, you know, here in, in America, since, you know, healthcare is still, I mean, it's, it's, it's like kind of half public, half private industry. Right. It's like, there is a lot of involvement with government, but still, you know, at the moment, um, that there is like a, still a, a huge portion of the private industry in, in healthcare. Right. And so, you know, when we think about like becoming a doctor, there's still a ton of money associated with that because, um, you know, going back to the value, right. So it's like, okay, you know, uh, if, if I can see a doctor and that's the difference between me, um, you know, like being, being very sick, Mm-hmm. Right. Or, or especially if it's life and death. Right. Um, it's like uh, we we value our health and life. Right. So, so much. Right. That um, that that value transfers to how much we value doctors. Right. Exactly. So if we think about like, you know, even different kinds of doctors. Right. The highest paid are like neurosurgeons. Right. Because, OK, like, you know, we're hold they're holding our life and death in their hands. Exactly. And so those, so, so basically it, it's like our whole society is built off of everyone's holding their, their contribution kind of like hostage. Right. For a certain amount of value. Right. It's like, Hey, yeah, I'll be a neurosurgeon. Like I'll save your life for this amount of money. Right. And then people say, okay, like, yeah, that's yeah, a that's of worth money, it. But it's <laughs> worth it. Right? right. Um, and, and so like our whole, you know, every job, every, our whole society is kind of built off of that, that interaction. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, so, so going all the way back to like, why aren't teachers paid more? That would be my, uh, uh, thinking is that, um, if like, if, if all of education was private, like colleges are right now, mm-hmm. um, teachers would probably be paid a lot more, uh, because we'd either have to, we, we, we would have to pay right. to, to have them be um, educated. And even though right now we pay 
it um, we pay in taxes. So it's like there's like a disconnect between right. how much we as individuals are like for our kids or whatever, how much we value education and value public teachers and like actually how much they get paid. Right. Um, whereas like for a college education, right, right now, a lot of people would argue that college education is necessary to get, you know, 90% of the jobs out there, you know, aside from, you know, uh, um, uh, what's it called? Like trade jobs and stuff yeah, like exa- that. Yeah, right. right. Like Trades. For, mm-hmm. for, um, for a, a majority of occupations right now, a uh, bachelor's degree is, is kind of viewed as, as necessary. Mm-hmm. And so if we look at, uh, so if you like compared two charts, like right next to each other, one chart was how much college tuition on average has gone up. Right. And, um, the other graph is like how, how, uh, how many jobs, you know, per year, are uh, require a, a bachelor's degree i would argue i would i would bet you money those are like it's the exact same trend right mm-hmm. so if like the uh the one of of college you know tuition going up like this right i would say that you know like, let's say it's like okay 1960s college tuition is like right here right like 2020 it's right here i would say like 1960s this is um you know the let's and let's say like this is percentage right I don't know if this is, I'm being clear with I this. I love to um, scale. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for everyone listening, these charts are about yay big. Yeah, they're about, um, <laughs> yeah, about that big. Uh, you know, if we're looking at like the 1960s for uh, how many, you know, the percentage of jobs that require a bachelor's degree, right. it's like 20%, yeah. 18%, something like that. A lot of them were trades back then. Right. And so, um, uh, but now in 2020, now if it's like 90%, right? And so we, we look at like, okay, this is why college tuition has gotten so expensive because right. the 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 value has um has risen so right. much, uh, and uh, so yeah, I mean I, that that's another thing that I I can like really um, get into a ton, but um because there's a there's a huge breakdown there as well hmm. because uh um and in economics this kind of goes into uh what's called like elasticity mm. and elasticity is basically like how willing am I to, to pay for a product, um, over a substitute. Right. right. And so, um, like uh, an example that's given for, you know, basically infinite elasticity, meaning like, um, I, I will, I w- will basically just choose whatever is cheapest Think of like two vending machines right next to each other. Right. right? Um, if in one, you know, cookies are 99 cents and one's 98 cents and they're right next to each other, you know, 100 times out of hundred, you're going to pick the 98, the 98 cents. cents. Yeah. Cause there's, there's no effort involved in you cho- choosing the cheaper one. Right. Right. Um, whereas like completely inelastic, uh, uh, elasticity, um, would be something like a life-saving drug. So, you know, for people who have diabetes, like buying insulin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, companies relatively can charge whatever price they want yeah. because it's like, okay, you know, um, you know, let, let's say insulin was like $60 and then $180 and then, you know, $220 or whatever, right? right. As it's gone up over time, it's like, how much do I value living tomorrow right <laughs> over over not yeah right? that's and a so, demand for there's a big demand for insulin right. right and so and so um because that that need is mm-hmm. so inelastic uh uh then what they can charge for that product can um 
almost go up to like an infinite amount until people decide like, yeah, right. As uh, you know, I would pay any amount of money to live tomorrow, but I don't have that money. So like, right. I, I, I can't pay it. Right. Which is so, um, which kind of goes back to like the, a lot of the, uh, uh, you know, potential, uh, or not potential. There are huge issues with the healthcare system, but anyways, right. Um, so bring this back to college degrees, uh, because of the amount of jobs that require a college degree, right? It's like for you and I, for, I would say, you know, as a whole, if we had to identify like the common goal of every, you know, American citizen, right. It, it would, you could probably sum it up by saying like, um, you want to make, uh, enough money to have a good life. Yeah. Like however you define that. Right. right? Whatever that number is. And, um, and so that means, you know, being able to pay for your basic needs and then, and whatever else you, you really want. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, cause, cause if everyone, if, if the goal for everyone was like, I want to make the most money possible, <laughs> everyone would go get uh, a doctorate. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, anyways, but you know, going back to this bachelor's degree, there's this kind of uh, uh, um, barrier to entry, mm -hmm. this like gatekeep, right? Where it's like, okay, I can either choose to um, have a very small chance of achieving that goal of like, right. okay, I want to make enough money to have a good life, um, or or I can have a high chance of that, or, right. or some chance of that, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, since that bachelor's degree is kind of like a barrier to entry. Um, a lot of people would argue is like, un unless you're willing to go into a, a trade job or something like that, but right. you know, e and a lot of people are like, Oh yeah, just like go into a trade job. Well, even right now, let's say a bunch of people had that epiphany, um, that would cap out at a certain, at a certain point because yeah. there's, there's just only, and, and even, you know, trades have very strict unions that they'll only, right. you know, cause they, they know that every person that they hire is, is, uh, is kind of contributing to competition. Right. Right. And so, um, so for example, if like 30% of our workforce just wanted to go into the trades, um, they, they wouldn't be able to, they'd be shut out from it because yeah. they're not gonna, basically there's not enough demand in the trades to be able to, uh, to be able to satisfy how many people, uh, like need jobs. Right. So people who say that as like, uh, Oh, everything will kind of balance itself out. Um, it won't. Also, no. yeah. trades are, you know, 90% male, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, well, what do all, you know, females in society do, right? It's like, okay, yeah, just going to the trades. It's like, that's uh, like very, very difficult uh, industry to get into, you know, as a, it, not, not impossible by any means, but just like you're, you know, you're kind of, I guess like their, uh, their barrier to entry into the trades in a way is even higher just because it's like, okay, I'm, I'm walking into a life where like, I'm always going to be, you know, the, the 1% in a right. hundred, right. Like yeah. I'm always going to be around, uh, you know, uh, men. And so it's like, it, it, it takes like a special kind of person to, to accept all that. Right. right. Anyways. So kind of looking at all that, a lot of people would really argue that we have, um, no choice between like going to college or not, like getting a bachelor's degree. And, and so if we think back to like the insulin, right, it's like, okay, do I, A, 
want to have a good life and, right. and make enough money that I can like pay rent and and just like li- be a human being and live life. Exactly. Or not, <laughs> I'm going to pick A. Right. Right. And so colleges can pretty much charge like whatever they want. As yeah, long, they, yeah. As long as it's in line right. with everyone else, right? So let's yeah. say there's like a hundred colleges out there, right? And let's say one college started offering degrees for ten bucks, and every other college was offering it for tens of thousands of dollars, right? Um, then that would create competition. Everyone would, everyone would go to the college that offers it for ten bucks, right? But this is this is based on like just pure. Uh, uh, I guess like economical thinking because mm-hmm. we, we're not, you know, the, the issue in that problem is we're not thinking about the, the reason why we pick certain colleges over others. Right. right? Um, which, which comes along with like the value of the degree. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's, um, cause you know, with that argument, like, Oh, everyone would go to the place that, uh, offers a degree for $10. Right. Well, there's community college. Why doesn't everyone go to community college? Right. And it's because of the association with it that my degree from there will not be as valued as That's gain a degree not true. from... Right. And it's like, it's not even true. It's like... Well, so so people say it's not true. Right. But I think people are saying it's not true based off the assumption, um, you know, over the past 30 to 40 years where... So if we go all the way back to... And I don't, I don't think we were recording yet, but going back to like the whole Tinder thing, right? Mm-hmm. So if, um, if, uh, which to explain that really quick, uh, uh, the, the connection with, so, you know, the, the other side of the coin of education is, um, is the workforce right? or, 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 or like earning money, however you're choosing to do that. Uh, and you know, which I, just to keep things simple, we'll just assume is like by gaining a job, right. Mm-hmm. Rather than like starting your own business or something like that. Um, and so uh so that so the whole kind of conversation of education from a from a practical standpoint really is uh towards that end goal of right. of, of you know being able to earn money and gain a job so uh and so jobs right now so the 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 i guess another way to phrase that is the demand for education um, the origin of that demand that comes from the, the job market, right? Mm-hmm. So for example, if the job market um, didn't value bachelor's degrees, then um, then they wouldn't, you know, colleges wouldn't be able to charge all that much money for it. Right. there's not the value. So all, the value of a degree comes from the job market. So, um, you know, so if I'm applying to a, a, a job right now, or let's say I'm applying to a job in the, in the 80s, you know, likely I'm just competing with everyone in my area. So, like, let's say I'm applying to be, um, uh, like, a data analyst, that, that, which was not even really a thing in, like, the 80s, but right. um, for a, a financial analyst or whatever, right, in, in Denver. Yeah. I'm competing with the population of people that have those credentials in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if that's 100 people, and there's 10 jobs, you know, I'm, I'm competing with like 10 other people per job or whatever. Right. That's just like super, it's not actually that simple, but just like making it super simple for the sake of the example. Well now with remote work and, and just how our society has evolved. Right. Um, now I'm competing with anyone 
who is able to apply for that job. Right. And so now if you like go on LinkedIn and stuff, you know, a job having only a hundred applicants is ex- extremely low and, and rare. It's true. Most jobs right now have at least in the hundreds, um, if not thousands of applicants per job. Right. So now as a company, um, I, you know, to, to, to maximize my own value and efficiency, right. I want to pick the best person. Right. Right. There's no, if I have a thousand people applying, there's no reason for me to pick someone who is worse, um, over someone who's the best. Right. And you know, that there, there's some, there's like a couple kind of, uh, um, hiccups with that. Cause it's like, okay, well, if the person who's the best is, um, is wanting, you know, a hundred K for, for the job. Right. And my company can pay 50 K max. It's like, okay, I'm going to pass on that person. But in a super competitive job market where, um, it, all of all those applicants, they're willing to just take whatever you're going to give them. Let's just say, right. To make it simple. Um, you know, I'm going to pick the best one. I have, I have every, I have zero reasons to not pick the best one and every reason to find that best one. So what that causes, and this is the analogy to, t- uh, the, or the comparison to Tinder is like our generation is, uh, and, and generations following us are going to see, are, are already see and are, and it's going to get even worse, um, declining marriage rates because of our, because of our, the, the expansion of choice causes, uh, fear of commitment. Right. right? Cause it's like, uh, and just like what you were talking about earlier, you know, if I go on a date with someone and they're awesome, they check off, you know, nine out of my 10 boxes. Um, you know, whatever that fault is, if I have, you know, an, an infinite amount of, or, or, you know, 999, let's just say other people that are like potential matches. It's like, well, the perfect one could be in there. Right. So I'm not going to commit just yet because I could find the, I could find the best one. Right. Whereas, you know, in the, in the sixties and fifties and forties or whatever, right. It's like, if I'm in a small town and there's like eight other people my age, it's like, those, those are my choices. Right. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So like, if you, you know, the, 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 uh, requirements for like, what's the best are a lot lower. Um, cause there's like, there's like a lot less competition. Right. Right. And so maybe in those times it's like, you're looking for someone who checks off like three boxes, you know, right. or whatever. Right. Um, so anyways, kind of, you know, moving that comparison of like declining marriage rates and a fear of commitment because of this, you know, huge, um, uh, expansion of, of, of choice. It's the same in the job market where, um, you know, with remote remote work and all these different uh things we're getting so many applicants per job because um that that pool is larger so now the company has a fear of commitment because it's like okay i don't want to pick i don't want to pick the wrong one and so i don't want to pick too too fast um and now i'm gonna like look at these which they you know they don't they don't look at a thousand applicants right and that's that's you know, why we've seen a huge rise in using AI software to, um, to like vet, uh, uh, appli- uh applicants. Right? right. So it's like, you know, they, they don't have the time or resources. Um, well, I mean, they, they, like they could, they could be like, yeah, I'm going to look at all a thousand, but that's not, that's not, um, financially like 
you know, beneficial for them. Right. right? To, to spend that, that costs a lot of money for them to, uh, uh, to look over every single application. And so they're going to try and find some way to save that time. Um, and the way that they're going to do that is, is by using AI software um, to, uh, or even if they are looking over at the, you know, 1000, like what's the first thing they're going to look for? It's a bachelor's degree. Yeah, that's, that's degree. That, that's the that's, big D. <laughs> the biggest D. Um, <laughs> the because uh, that that's like the first metric right. that's just so easy to rule people out. It is. And is there a chance you're gonna miss on you're, you're gonna miss out on a unicorn that doesn't have a degree and is the best choice for the job? Sure, probably. But that the the probability of of that is much lower compared to your best person being in the pool of applicants that have a degree. Right. So you take that chance because. Um, taking that chance, the, the, the amount of money you save from taking that chance is, right. is worth it. Right. So going back to like, you know, money and, and value is like everything's like a transaction, right. Mm -hmm. Either, uh, money or time, right. For, for value. Right. So, um, I'm going to use bachelor's degrees and then let's say, let's say out of a thousand, 500 have a bachelor's degree, which is probably going to be more like 800 or 900. Right. Right. Um, Okay. Well, let's say 300 out of those 900 have a master's. Easy. Get, yeah. rid, get rid of the 600, right? Because um, it just saves so much time. And you just assume if someone has a master's over a bachelor's, right. they're going to have more knowledge and they're going to be better. Right. Is it true 100% of the time? You know, probably not. But like the, the efficiency is so worth it. It's such an easy metric to save so much time that you're going you're gonna to use it. Okay, now I have a 300 people who have a, a, a master's. Let's say none of them have like a doctorate or something like that. Right. right. Okay. Um, out of those 300, 100 did an internship where they've already like gained some of these skills I need. Okay. Get rid of the other 200, right? So now I'm right. down to 100. And now it's like, okay, how, how many like quick um, uh, shortcuts or like, uh, like heuristics do I want to use? to cut down this pile until it's manageable. Right. So for some people, you know, they might only want to like seriously look at like 50 applications and, and some people might have big enough teams like Amazon or whatever, right. Might have a big enough team where now that probability of missing out on the perfect candidate, it's like, Hey, we have enough resources that we can really look at th th these a hundred people. Right. And the, the benefit that we would get from like cutting it down to 50 is lower than the value we put on the chance of missing out on the perfect candidate. Right. So, okay, now we've gotten it down to the pile that we want. Well, how did we do that? We did that through the, the easy things, which are degrees and then, you know, and then whatever that next metric is, which right now, you know, could be internships or something like that. Okay, so this is the job market that we're looking into. And a lot of people could argue, yeah, this, this is just during a tough job market. You know, there's definitely ebbs and flows to that. There's there's seasons to a job market for sure. There's times where, uh, uh, you know, individuals have more negotiating power, um, or the the so you know going back to like economics, right? It's like the the demand for um, for labor or for workers mm -hmm. is greater than the supply, which puts power in the um, in the hands of 
the uh, the suppliers. Right. Right. So like going back to insulin, the suppliers are the uh, healthcare companies supplying insulin. Demand is the people who need it. And so in that in that relationship, all the power is in the supplier because the demand is so great. Right. It's like I need this insulin so bad. And so that puts I, I have zero. Nego- I can't be like, uh, you know, uh, like if we think about like, you know, bartering, or like negotiating. Right. It's like you're tired of the healthcare company and they're like, OK, it's, you know, it's one hundred dollars for insulin. It's like, would you do like seventy dollars? It's like, no. Yeah, no, it's a <laughs> hundred or nothing because they know that they can. They, they know they have the upper hand. Yeah. So are there job markets where em- employ like employees or applicants have the upper hand? Yeah, it, it, it's it's a lot more rare. Right. Um, because, you know, companies companies can get by for a year mm-hmm. without filling a position. It's super, right. Super inefficient. Right. Like they're yeah. losing money doing that. But if we think about the their their need to fill that position and our need to make like we have to make money if we don't make money, you know, and if it's like, OK, I get a job so I can pay my rent or I'm homeless. That's pretty high demand. Right? Yeah. So um, and so it, it so, yeah, there are seasons where applicants do have somewhat of an upper hand. Right. But even then, it's 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 the percentage of applicants that have all of the credentials. Right. And so, like, even in that, even in a job market where um, uh, people have the uh, applicants have the upper hand, that negotiating power still comes from the, the best applicants. Right. Mm-hmm. Um you know, people who are who have less credentials are still going to pretty much take what they can get. Right. So, anyways, like the whole long thing, but the you know the 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 purpose of it is, you know, whether we like it or not, we're going to be because of the expansion of choice. Going yeah. back to this, you know, uh, the the Tinder comparison, right? Uh, unless, let's say, like the government banned remote work and said, okay, you have to work within three miles of where you live. Okay, now now we might see like a reduction of, of these problems. I, I don't think that's very likely to happen because it's it's in the company's best interest to have as many choices as possible. Right. right. Just like it's in when we're dating, you know, naturally we want as many choices as possible. Yeah. Right. Um, and same if we're buying a product, right? It's like if you go to the store and you're buying milk, right? Um, we would be upset if it was just one company. Right, and it was like a monopoly, right? Because like yeah. they could just charge whatever price, right? Yeah. So it's like that's that's why it's best for society <clears throat> to have competition. Competition's necessary. And so mm-hmm. um, on, on both sides, but so for, for for companies, you would be reducing their uh, the value that they're getting, or or the potential value that they can get by reducing their pool of applicants. Right. Um, and so so my my feeling is that these problems will only progress and um and so uh just like what we've seen over the past 40 50 years and so the need for a bachelor's degree you know will continue to approach that limit of like okay let's say right now it's 80 percent you know it's going to be 85 and then 90 and then 95 right um and and then that will drive up the uh the need for a master's mm-hmm. and you know uh my uh my significant other right now, she just graduated from school and, uh, uh, or a year ago, but a lot of her friends just went right into a master's. Cause it's hmm. like, I'm not even going to waste time right. trying to find a job with a, with a bachelor's. I'm going to go straight into a master's. 
so that I have a better chance of getting a job. And um, so anyways, the reason I'm going into all, all this is that um, at, like as this expansion of choice kind of whole thing, as that gets worse, uh, the necessity for those shortcuts, right? So it's like the, you know, the degrees and the internships and all that stuff, um, that will only get more competitive. Yeah. Cause I'm going to pick, I'm going to look, you know, I'm going to look at everyone's resume and I'm going to pick the person that, that looks the best. Right. Right. And so, um, and so, yeah, that's, that's like kind of the, the, uh, <laughs> that's not that's not the only problem in education but i would say that's a pretty good kind of summary of like what we're facing right now right is um uh, on, you know and and some people might not might argue it's not a problem it's like yeah just go to school for just go about you know uh you know bachelors will just become necessary so instead of k through 12 it will be k through you know 16 or whatever right yeah but it's like Everyone, right. everyone, no matter what, just goes and gets their bachelor's degree. Um, and and then there will re, you know, come a time where everyone just gets their master's because you, you need it in order to compete. Right. And and that will just continue to get um, you know, worse and worse. Uh and so but some people might argue like, oh, it, it's it's whatever, it just is what it is. Like everyone should just go and do, you know, eight years of education. Um uh, after high school. Right. Right. Um, but the reason that that's an issue is because that's reducing the, uh, amount of time, amount of productive time. So if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, so going back to like what the purpose of education is, right. If I'm the government, my, what I, what I, uh, uh, care about most is that the time between, you know, a citizen being born and them contributing and being productive, I want that minimized as much as possible. Right. Right. Because if someone's like, let's say someone doesn't contribute until they're 50. Okay. Right. I've missed out on 50 years yeah, of potential. I right. mean, you know, people can't contribute when they're like three years old. Right. No. But let's just say. Um, <laughs> right. But so, you know, if, if like we don't, we don't begin to have contributing mem- members to society. Because yeah. it's like every, every, every citizen that contributes, I get to tax. Right. Right. That's money. And so, so the, the, you know, and this is why unemployment rate is like such a huge metric, um, for, for the government, um, is that if, you know, if, if I'm a government and let's say 50% of my society is unemployed, that right. means that I'm, I'm missing out on all that like revenue right from, from the government standpoint that cause through taxes. Yeah. Right? Um, and so it's in my best interest to maximize the amount of people that I'm, um, able to to tax to right. get the most money that I, I can, right? Yeah. Which which they spend like they spend on us. So I'm not saying like the government is this like malicious entity entity that just like, you know, wants, you know, give uh, me money. Yeah. <laughs> but give me like, your soul, give me your money. You know, just right. like, like like I said at the very beginning, it's like, you know, government is a business too. Like that's how yeah. they, that's how they're running. Right. Um and so so yeah. So there you know you, you could there's a couple arguments kind of against that, but I would say, you know, by and large, that's kind of like the laid out um, summary, even, which is kind of crazy. That's a summary because I just spoke for like 10 and a half hours. Um, <laughs> it's all good. Uh, that's kind of like the summary of, of this big right. problem that we're facing right now. So 
so yeah i know you didn't ask that question but i guess no. there you go I, no it, I, it seemed relevant to like uh us talking about teachers and stuff like that no so. i that was i i enjoy that because like it it tied in so many different topics i was just gonna bring up naturally that like now it'll just make sense when we dovetail into other things here but like no i like that you brought up the the idea of like over competition the idea of competition the idea of like us as a society, like there's so many different things going on that we have to choose what to do. Like for instance, like when you open up Netflix and you have thousand different shows to watch and it's like, Oh my God, we have so many options. And then, then not only that, then we have like Hulu and HBO max. And it's like, that would just anything in general now, like that's like one of the craziest things to me and like our society and human nature is that we've, we've given ourselves so many possibilities. And I'm just curious as to like, what that does to us. Like for instance, even like social media, like there's like that, the scrolling effect, like to me, that's crazy. And like, you can, now we can apply it to the job market when people apply. And now they have that hand and like, Oh my God, there's, there's so many options. And it's that Tinder analogy is actually really perfect. Um, and so like with the idea of like education and thoughts always changing, um, we both moved to Arrakis in a sense, we both moved to Arizona. And so like, I was just curious and like, cause like now I'm going to ask you the greatest pod podcast question of all time. This is going to break all the questions. Ever.